Lord God, thank you so much that your love has no bounds, Lord. Thank you that your love is deeper and higher and wider, God, than anything we can imagine. And we thank you, God, that right now we can soak in that love. God, you love us so much. And may we be reminded of that. May we feel that right now. Lord, you love us. No matter how we came in, no matter what we've been feeling, low or, or up, or maybe we've been feeling alone even. Maybe we failed you, God, but your love is still there, and I thank you so much. Thank you, God. Thank you that your love never ends, and thank you that you continue to pursue us, Lord, because you love us. So, Lord, I ask that you bless your word, God, that you anoint it with your spirit, that you continue to speak to us and be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you can grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Good morning, by the way, and aloha to you guys online. Um, I'm so excited to uh, be here with Jesus today. I hope you were on your way in, and we had a good prayer time in the morning, and uh, together here, I, I invite you guys to come and join us at 8 um, for some prayer right here in the, in, over in the Keiki area. But um, prayer is good. Prayer has been great, and prayer, prayer is powerful. So First Peter chapter 2, and we're going to be going through uh, verses 13 through 17 this morning. The title of our message is Honor the Government and Honor the God. We're going to get right into our message since I already prayed. I read about this minister who was running late for his appointment, and he couldn't find a parking space, so he's driving around and around. But in, so in desperation, he pulled into a no-parking zone, left a note on his windshield that said, I have circled the block ten times. I have an appointment to keep. Forgive us our trespasses. Well, when he returned to his car, there was a citation on his windshield. And the note said this. I've circled this block for 10 years. If I don't give you a ticket, I lose my job. Lead us not into temptation. (laughs) Well, when you're desperate, when you're pressed, when maybe you're filled with fear and frustration, your emotional You know what, even pastors can wrongly cross the line of the laws of the land. But that doesn't make it right. The reality is it goes against God. Listen to what Robert Haldane said. He's a great uh, commentator. He has a great commentary on Romans. But he wrote this, resistance to the government is resistance to God. And that's the truth. That's what we find in the Bible. And that's what we find in our passage today as we return to our study in the book of 1 Peter. See, respecting the laws of the land actually honors God. That's our title this morning. Honor the government and honor 
God. We're going to be studying 1 Peter chapter 2 from verse 13 through 17. We're going to take the next section as we're going through this book, verse by verse, section by section, chapter by chapter. And in this section from verse 13 through 17, we're going to see four things. And this is our outline. This is our point. Number one, submit to the authorities. Number two, submit to the will of God. Number three, submit with the new freedom. And number four, submit with the right attitude. And so those are the four things we're going to be finding in our passage here this morning. Now, I'll give you the the four points here as we go. But let's begin here. Honor the government and honor God with number one, submit to the authorities. Submit to the authorities. Now here, we're going to be covering verses 13 through 14. So if you're taking notes, you can jot that down. That this section will be verses 13 and 14. So let's take a look at that right now. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. It says here, Be, sub- be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So we'll stop right there and we'll take this first section in verse 13 14. Now we begin with Peter and he's writing how believers are to subject, are to be subject to governing authorities. That's the basic idea as we get into this passage. Now, understand this as we, before we get into that, this flows from our passage. This flows from the last passage that we saw. If you, if you missed the past Sundays, uh, please go back and listen to it because it all flows together. There's really this one thought. I mean, if we could be here on Sunday morning for all day, we can go through the whole chapter and kind of get the feel for everything and understand what's being put forth here and what God is speaking to us. But this flows from last week's passage. And you remember the title of the message was The Difference That Makes a Difference, right? The test, our testimony, our conduct, uh, our testimony is in our conduct. That shows the life in Christ inside of us, inside of us. See, the transformed life shines now the transforming power of Jesus. And, and I really want you to stop and, and, and get that. This is, when we come into this passage, when we talk about being subject to governing authorities, it's flowing from this fact that we are witnesses in this world. We have a testimony to give. We are shining the light of Christ and the transforming work of Jesus in our lives by how we live. And this is part of it. And so it's important that we understand this coming into this section, that our life, our conduct, shines the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The theologian Benjamin B. Warfield said, Christianity is not merely a program of conduct. It is the power of a new life. I love that. We don't just read these things and have a study and say, oh, okay, well, this is what I got to do. No, it's actually who we are in a new life. It's actually the, the power. It shows the power of we can live a life like what has been shown us in these passages. So as we get into this, 
As we get into verse 13 and 14, it's flowing from that thought that we're shining a light in how we live and in our conduct. So, Peter goes on here in verse 13 and he says, Be subject for the Lord's sake. Now, the word subject, it means to be to place under in an orderly fashion. It, it, it's a military term, actually. It, you could think of a soldier under the command of their uh, general. So the soldier is submitting to the general in that way. So be subject, that's the idea here, is that we are to submit. Now, what are we to submit to? Well, it says, be subject for the Lord's sake, and we'll, we'll get back to that in a moment, to every human institution. Now, the word institution means like agencies. So every human agency, every uh, uh, government agency and its leaders, all the authorities that have been placed over us, we need to be subject to, we need to submit to. And then Peter lists, well, people like, whether it be the emperor as supreme. Now that speaks about uh, uh, presidents, kings, yeah, uh, emperors, uh, those heads of state. And you know what? Think about this. Even in this time, as Peter's writing this, Caesar, yeah, the emperor of Rome, Caesar. And then he says in verse 14, and like or to governors. Now, governors, they're officials of the local government, right, under the heads of state. And so all the way down the chain, he's saying, the authorities that have been placed over us in uh, government, we are to submit. So you get what Peter's saying here right away. Submit to the authorities that are over you. Submit to the government that has been placed over you and control over you. Submit to the local authorities. That, that's what Peter's saying. There's, there's, it, it's pretty plain to see here. You know, some people joke and say, well, I have a problem with authority. Yeah, and you probably heard people say that. Well, we all have a problem with authority, I think. You know why? Because the root of that problem of us submitting under authority comes from our flesh. It's rooted in our sinful flesh. Remember, we rebelled against God with our sin. We didn't want to follow God's commandments. And so we rebelled in that way. And so the, the, the root of, well, I have a problem with authority. You know what? That actually is sin. And that's our sin nature. That, we're sinners in that way. And you know what? God knew that. So because humans are so prone to sin... There is a need for authority. Understand that. It's important that there is authority, that there's a government to keep the order. And that is why Peter goes on to say, well, the emperor as supreme or governors are sent by him, who's that? God, to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. So there's a need for authority because of our sin nature where we're all apt, everyone in the world, to do wrong. Well, there's a need for government to punish those who do evil. In other words, to bring justice and consequences on lawbreakers. Uh, and, and we understand that deters crime on top of it. But also to praise those who do good. In other words, to promote 
public good. To, that's why there's government. That's why there's authorities to promote uh, a public good, to protect yeah, the rights of, uh, and, and, and uh, keep us safe uh, of all the citizens of their the country. So you understand the, the function of government in society really is to keep that peace, right? It's for peace. It's for safety. It's to promote a quality of life in society where we can live and, and exist. This month, um, there was a, a travel advisory that went out for South Sudan. And um, the U.S. put it out, you know, for Americans, and they said, do not travel to Sudan due to crime, kidnapping, and armed conflict. It was, it's so dangerous there now. They're saying, don't go there, don't, don't, don't travel there as an American. What's going on? Well, the government there is struggling to keep peace between different political and ethnic groups. Um, um, a number of years ago, uh, the dictator was taken down, and and the military, there's a military coup, and still it's been unstable. And so it's not safe to go there, and it's even affecting the economy. Uh, now food, there's a food and water crisis. And, and I, I read that thinking, oh, praise God that we live in a country, though it's not perfect, but it's not like that, right? We can relatively live in peace and live our lives and go work and save our money and, and buy our, our, our goods and food and water and live in our houses and have cars and drive around and all that. Praise God, we're in a country where, though the government may not be perfect, at least the government is keeping control of things. Because understand, without the government, society falls apart. And when, 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 when the whole law and order falls apart, then people suffer. So God set up this authority. It's God who did it. So right away, Peter's like, submit to the authorities. He set it up. It's him who set up to punish, to, to reward, to praise. Turn over to Romans chapter 13. And I just want to look at a few verses here, uh, verses 1 through 4. Romans 13, verses 1 through 4. The Apostle Paul goes along with this too. In Romans 13, verse 1, the Apostle Paul wrote, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Same as Peter saying, right? Submit to the authorities. For there is no authority, look at this, except from God. God has done that. And those that exist have been instituted by God. God has set up and designed government and its function. Verse 2, uh, Romans 12, 13, verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. Verse 4, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries our God's wrath 
on the wrongdoer. So you understand what I'm talking about here. Our society and living in America, we, what we enjoy is because we have government, because God has set it up, God has ordained it, God has instituted its laws, it's, it, 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 the, the police force, everything, keeping the peace and all that, enforcing the laws through our court system and all that, the consequences, uh, bringing justice, all of that has been set up from God. Notice here in Romans 12, uh, verse 4, it says, For he is God's servant for your good. That word servant is the same Greek word that is used in speaking of angels, God's angels. It's, it's also used about ministers of God. Isn't that interesting? That the authorities are also ministers of God. They are servants. They are used by God. To keep that order. So, not just Peter says it. Paul is saying it. The, the, the Bible says that we need to submit to the authorities because God has set it up. Now go back to 1 Peter. We go back to 1 Peter and look at verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. So he wrote, Be subject for the Lord's sake. Now let's get back to that phrase there. I think it's answering this question, what if the authorities above me that I'm under, what if they're bad? Yeah. What if, what if they're evil? What if they do evil? What if I do not agree with what they're doing? Well, what does Peter say? Be subject for the Lord's sake. Don't be subject, uh, it's not for the leader's sake, yeah, but for the Lord's sake. You know what he's saying? He's saying honor God in this. Honor God as you submit to the authorities. Now, remember the background to this letter. Remember what's going on, right? Peter's writing this and the Christians, the, the readers, the believers of this letter, they're going through a lot. They're going through persecution. They're losing their houses, their jobs, their lives, right? There's a lot going on. And so who is in control? Who is the government at this time when Peter wrote this? Rome. The Romans. It was the Roman Empire. They were under the Roman government. Believers, think about this, were under Caesar Nero, and the Roman government. And, and that's as godless you can get as a government. That's, that's probably the, the worst you can get as far as a Christian living under that government. I mean, I mean just, just the things that the Roman Empire allowed and the culture embraced. I mean, they, they embraced slavery. Did you know that? It was a one-to-three ratio, one person to three slaves. There's more slaves that in the population than people who weren't slaves. And that was okay. There, there was abortions. There, um, remember, the tax collectors could exhort, uh, exhort people and take whatever they want. They allowed all that. People being killed left and right, all this. And then think about Nero now, the, the emperor, Nero. I don't know if you know about his history, but it's, it's really dark. I mean, he killed his mother, he killed his brother. He, he divorced his wife, killed his wife, 
and then married his servant boy. Now, that, that, that's evil on so many levels, isn't it? It's crazy. So, think about now, as you stare at verse 13, and Peter's like, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether, pray, um, um, uh, whether it be to the emperor as supreme. Isn't that crazy? What? It's so wrong. It's so unbiblical. Good or bad, godly or evil, for the Lord's sake, honor the government. That's what Peter's saying. Ultimately, we understand that God is sovereign, that he raises up kings and, and brings down kings. We know, we know that from the Bible. It's biblical. And so God is sovereign in this world, in the leaders of the countries, whether they're good or bad or evil, whatever they're doing. We have to trust God in how that all is working. But he's sovereign over it. We have to trust him in that. And what's our job? Submit to the authorities, for it honors God. It honors God. Someone jokingly uh, said this, you can criticize the president, you can criticize the vice president, you can criticize Congress, but you have to hand it to the IRS. That's true, right? Yeah. (laughs) You're forced to that. You know, we may not be happy with the president of the United States today. We may not agree with him, but we still need to submit to him. We still need to respect the office that he holds. For to obey earthly authority is to honor God's sovereign authority. Think about that. You know what? We need to hand that to our government authorities, whether we like them or not, we voted for them or not, whatever that is. Think about this. In Jeremiah 29, you could, you could look at this later, maybe today. Um, it's the same chapter, 29, 11, you know, for my thoughts. But you know what? Before that, you know what the Lord was telling Israel? The Lord told Israel, and now they were, they were heading into the Babylonian captivity. Yeah. And they were going to be under Babylon, pagan Babylon. Their country was taken away by Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon. Yeah. They, they, their rights were taken away. Their, their sovereignty was taken away. They were controlling Israel. You know what the Lord said? The Lord told Israel in that Babylonian captivity, stay there. Build your homes. Plant Eat your food. Have, have children. Raise your children. Have grandchildren. You know, you know what he said? He said in that early in that chapter, work for the peace and prosperity of the city. I thought, whoa. And, and he also said, pray for it. Pray for that city. Live there. Be submitted to that government there. Exist there. Pray for it. And then the Lord said, its welfare determines your welfare. Isn't that crazy? 
After that, he said, don't listen to the false prophets that were saying, hey, no, we're not going to be there that long. God's going to come and deliver. God said, no, you're going to be there 70 years. That's my plan. That's my sovereign plan. The prophets saying, no, rebel. Yeah, get out. Don't listen to them. Don't place yourself under them. Isn't that interesting? It's not the only time if you study the history of Israel too. So honor the government and honor God. Submit to the authorities. Let's go to our second thing we're going to see here. Number two is submit to the will of God. Submit to the will of God. Now here we're going to be covering verse 15. Verse 15. Verse 15. Second Peter, first Peter, sorry, chapter two, verse fifteen. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Now, why is it important to honor the authorities, to honor the government? Why why is that? Well, Peter says, For it's the will of God. I mean, that's pretty clear and forward, right? Not only are we reading in verse thirteen that we are to be subject to every human institution, which is really a command for us. Yeah. But Peter backs this up and saying, hey, look, this is the will of God to do this. Some people say, oh, I wish I knew the will of God for my life. Well, here it is, right here. <laughs> Here's the will of God. It's straight and clear here. Submit to the authorities, right? Obey the law of the land. Why? For the Lord's sake, that's the will of God. Everything that he said in verse 13 and 14 saying, that's God's will. Well, what does God want to accomplish with this? Why is this his will? Well, he says in verse 15, that by doing good, you should put, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. That's why. That's what he wants to accomplish. By doing good, you know what that really is? By doing the right thing. The NLT translates that as uh, honorable lives. Live honorable lives. I like that thought. We are to live with character and honor. So if you live doing the right thing, and then he says in verse 15, so that you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Interesting, the word ignorance here speaks of, of, of really the original language is about a willful, hostile uh, uh, rejection of the truth. It's talking about uh, a people who, who don't believe what you believe in, in the Lord and, and they're like really attacking about it that they really put you down about that. They're really judgmental and critical about all that. So here's God. God's saying, you know, show the attackers that they're wrong, that what they accuse you of is wrong. Live that humble, submissive, honorable life, and you'll silence them. They won't have anything to say about you in what they really think you are. So God's will is to use your submission to make their accusation look foolish, right? That they're wrong about you. So submit to the will of God, and you know what? You'll make an impact. 
Remember, we're flowing into this section about how our conduct is a testimony to the power of Christ in our lives to the world. And so God said, hey, you'll silence their foolish accusations when they see your life. You'll make an impact when you submit to the will of God, when you submit to authorities for the Lord's sake, when, when you do all you can to honor God in submitting to the government, you're going to make an in- impact. Think about this. Look to Jesus. How did he carry himself? He was living under the same regime, right, of the Roman Empire. And even worse, the religious leaders, the authorities over Israel, the religious leaders, they were set over Israel. Rome allowed that. The Sanhedrin, right? The Sadducees, the Pharisees. Think about how Jesus was under them. He was treated unjustly, falsely accused. He, there was things said about him. Rumors were put out about him that weren't true. Did he go and protest? Did he attack the religious leaders, did he go and stand against the Pontius Pilate with a sign? No, he didn't. You know why? His focus was not on social reform, but spiritual redemption. It was a spiritual work. And really, that, that, that's the root, right? I mean, the problem with the world is they need God. They're caught up in their own sinful flesh. They need Jesus. And so Jesus, he carried himself with that honorable life, right? So much so, all the way, even hanging on the cross. So much so, when Jesus died on the cross, do you remember the centurion and the Roman soldiers in Matthew 27? They said, truly, this was the Son of God. He was shining the light of God. So submit to the will of God in this. And you know what? You're going to make an impact. We're going to make an impact. That's how we make an impact. Now you may ask, well, okay, I'm going to do God's will on this. But is it still God's will if to obey the authorities mean to disobey God? I mean, uh, uh, what if it comes to a point? Yeah where their law and what they're putting upon me is going against God, of of, of what what he wants me to do. So is it God's will to keep going? And is it the will of God to keep obeying the authorities then? No, it's not. We know the story, right, when the apostles were told what? Not to preach Jesus. What did Peter say? In Acts 5.29, he said, we must obey God rather than man. We understand that. There is a certain line. There is a certain place where if it, if it goes against preaching Jesus, then no, I'm going to still preach Jesus. There is that line that we cannot cross. But let me say this. What's important, even in those circumstances, that we still disobey, civil disobedience, right? Against the laws of the land when it goes against God's 
word and what he wants, we still take that stand in a humble, godly, honorable way. That's important. I think it's important because we, we're shining a light because while we're, we're sticking to what God has told us, what the principles of the word are saying. And we stick to that. But we need to do it in still a honorable, yeah, a life that would put to silence, a stand that will put to silence the foolish accusations of those who really want to take us down. I was thinking, look, when um, Paul was preaching, and his preaching resulted in him and Silas arrested in Acts 16. You remember they had been beaten up, yeah, they were thrown in jail, chained up, they're in stocks, and, and, and they didn't resist arrest there. They didn't get all mad and bitter and, and start yelling yeah, at the guys arresting. They, they weren't hateful even. Isn't the amazing thing we see them in Acts 16 that after beaten, wrongly put, unjustly put in stocks, what were they doing at midnight? They found them praying and singing him, singing praise to God. Amazing, right? And then we know what happened. The earthquake came, bro, you know, uh, loosened the chains, opened the doors, and, and, and then the jailer came on scared, but Paul ministered to him. He got saved. His family got saved. And there was a revival. A church was born in Philippi when they went there. Submit to the will of God. And even if not submitting to the government, uh, because you, you don't want to go against God's word, you can still make an impact. So honor the government, honor God, submit to the authority, submit to the will of God. And number three, submit with the new freedom. Submit with the new freedom. Verse 16, First Peter chapter 2, verse 16. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. God. And I, I really like this verse. Peter's just bringing us deeper and deeper into to what God desires. All right, so Peter's like, honor the government, right, in this way. Honor the government. Live as people who are free. Live as, as who you are now, who we are in Christ. We're free. Live as people who are free. Believers in Christ have been set free, right? What have we been set free from? We've been set free from the bondage to our sinful, self-focused flesh. I used to say flesh. Then I, I thought, no, I want to be more descriptive in my own mind, so I say sinful flesh. And I don't know if you noticed recently I've been saying sinful, self-focused flesh. That's what it is, our flesh. But Christ has set us free when we came to Jesus from the bondage to that. That we don't have to be controlled anymore by our sinful, self-focused flesh. So that we are free now to live for Jesus. And we attach it to uh, uh, verse 15. To do the right thing. To live honorably. Before we couldn't really live that way. But now we can. We can do good as we live on these, this planet. 
Yet, Peter goes on to say in verse 16, there's some believers. So he says, look, live is free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. That's saying, like, there's probably some believers, Christians back then, saying, you know what? I'm a citizen of heaven. I, I, I don't belong to this world. And we just talked about that, didn't we? I'm a citizen of heaven, so I don't have to listen to you. You're not over me. God is my, my Lord. So I'm free to not submit to you. Plus, you're not godly. You're doing evil things. You don't control me. You, yeah, no, no I'm, I belong to God. So there's that kind of attitude going on. But Peter's saying, look, that's not what your freedom means. Yeah. That's not what it means. You're not free to actually, as we talked about, go against God. And don't think that, well, that kind of attitude, and so you, you can come up and peep the government's face and everything like that. He says, don't use being like being a Christian as a mask to cover your sinful actions. Peter's trying to say, believers are now free to do the right thing, not the dishonorable thing. So submit with this new freedom to do the right thing, to, to live honorably. That's what you've been freed to do. And we have to understand what he's saying here, because I think we've, we've experienced this, haven't we? I mean, this pandemic we've been through has really changed, I feel like, the focus for Christians. We are to shine the light. Our conduct here on this planet is supposed to be a light for Christ, that we've been transformed, that we're, we've been freed from, from, from our sin and flesh. But it seems like the focus is more on government control, government overreach. And I feel like, I have to say, Acts 5.29, about we got to obey God more than man, has been wrongly applied to masks and vaccine. And then look, look how, how Christians, I'm not saying you guys, other Christians, no. But, but think about this now. In general, sadly, Christians in general have become angry, hateful, hostile, bitter, yeah, to even to the point where some take extreme actions violently, yeah, physically doing things that, what? Wait, what, would a Christian really do that? To me, I saw the flesh more than the spirit. And it's sad to me. I think when we take this freedom, take this thought, well, we're Christians, we have the truth, you're evil, you're not doing good, and, and, and we start going with that, that we can go down a road that isn't, a good testimony 
for Jesus. Listen, no matter your stance or your view on these issues, don't mask the fleshly works with saying, I have the right, I'm a Christian. Don't mask it that way. And, and justify those kinds of attitudes in your heart. Justify those kinds of actions. Justify that. Well, I don't need to respect or honor the government authorities. Because you know what? Then we're no different from the world, right? No different at all. And then look at verse 16 at the end. As Peter writes, you know, don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. I love that. See, it's not about you, yeah? It's not about you defending your personal right, yeah? I mean, we live in America, praise the Lord, and we have rights, and praise the Lord, we have this freedom of religion, freedom to, freedom to gather, worship. Praise the Lord, we have rights, But sometimes we take that too far. Well, I have a right for this. I have a right for that. Peter's saying, look, it's not about you, about defending your personal rights. But as Christians, it's about living a life as what? A servant of God. Listen, believers no longer serve the sinful, self-focused flesh like the world does. Nor do we serve Satan and his purposes. And his purpose, you know what, I believe, was to divide and destroy the body of Christ during this pandemic. And it's done that. He's accomplished a lot. And we fight that today. But we serve who? Jesus. Jesus is our Lord and Master. We do what he wants, not what I want, right? Matter of fact, I don't have any rights. My rights have been given to Jesus, right? Jesus has the right over me to tell me what to do, to do his will, to submit to the authorities, to submit with this new freedom that we have to serve God and not me. Submit with this new freedom. Don't take this freedom to do what you want, but take this freedom now to do the right thing, to serve God. Check your heart this morning. Who have you been serving lately? Is it that sinful, self-focused flesh? What I want, what I think. My right. I understand. We, we have certain rights. I'm not opposed to that, of course. But have we crossed the line in that? Have you... Have you been passionate and holding to things in the flesh and calling it, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus? I think we've gotten mixed up in our hearts. I think the standards that we we fight for and hold for, I think they've gotten a little bit skewed here. I think we got to get back to what the passage is saying to us today and really think through who we are and what we're really supposed to do to balance things, 
to maybe redraw some lines. Maybe we made up our own rules about which laws to follow or not. Not even the pandemic stuff. Maybe just everyday life. Whether it's a speed limit. Yeah? Whether it's cheating on your taxes. Or whether it's this or that. I think we've kind of fussed some of these lines. And we think it's okay. Be careful. Be very careful. Listen to what 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2 says. And this is the NLT. The Apostle Paul writes, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. The old King James Version is seared. In other words, they're not following their consciences anymore. How can anyone, if you think about it, yeah, do things in the flesh in a, and say it in the name of Jesus? That, that's like opposite to me, right? But sometimes we do things in saying we're Christians and all this, yet in the flesh and think that it's okay? You know what I think? I think the conscious, conscience has gotten seared. It's dead. It doesn't tell you it's wrong anymore. But know this. God wants to heal that. God wants to renew that. I mean, think about before Jesus, all the stuff you were into and you thought, ah, it's fine. But I think through the years we've allowed some things back. And maybe in our subject today about uh, being submitted to the government, you, they're like, ah, I don't like that. And you make up your own rules. And now it's okay for you. Peter's saying, no. No. The Word of God saying, no. And God is saying, look, I love you. But I want to I change some things. I want to heal your conscience. I want to renew it. I picture there's shelves in, in our, our moral warehouse and uh, for our conscience. And it got corrupted. The items on the shelf got corrupted. There's corrupted principles. But God wants to clear off the shelves with the word. Replace it with like what we're reading here. So the next time, our conscience will tell us correctly and we will listen. So honor the government. And honor God, submit to the authority, submit to the will of God, submit with the new freedom. And here's our last point, number four, submit with the right attitude. Submit with the right attitude. Verse 17, our last verse, Peter says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Lastly, Peter saying, look, honor, honor and respect, yeah, I mean, this is what we are about anyway as believers. So he quickly hits like four areas. And first of all, honor everyone. You know what he's saying? Everybody, saved or unsaved, give respect, give honor, male or female, short, tall, skinny or not, local or not. Honor, respect. This is a doing the good thing. Then he says, love the brotherhood. The, the family of believers love one another. 
whether they're Baptist or Calvary or Charismatic or Conservative, whether, you know what, they got the vaccine or not, you still honor and respect one another. The third thing, fear God. We've talked about that before. Reverence and respect of God. Honoring God. Fear, you know, give him that honor. And just as we talked about in our title, right? Honor God. As, and we honor God when we honor the government. And then lastly, honor the emperor. Look how he comes back all the way around, right? From verse 13. And you know what Peter's saying? Honor Caesar. What, Peter? Caesar? Yeah. Give him that respect. Honor him. Show respect and honor, even to someone so evil like that. So he's saying, look, be consistent in your approach. As we can say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll respect everybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll honor our brothers. You know, oh, of course, God, yeah. And then he says, hey, honor the emperor then. We need to be consistent even in our approach to authorities. So our last point is submit with the right attitude. Submit with that attitude. Give that respect. And as we flow from the previous passage, as we're talking about shining the light, as we're talking about giving our testimony so someone would be saved, that's what it is. That's what it's about. Honor and respect, doing the right thing, be living our, our freedom and living the way we, sh- we are able to do now because we're, we've been set free in Christ. It's a spiritual thing that we're doing. Remember Ephesians 6, chapter 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, yeah, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. It's believed in this passage that uh, uh, Satan has his, his, his army and there's generals and lieutenants and, and there's rulers that he, he, he has and authorities that he's over and that he's influencing, all of that. There's spiritual forces of evil going on. It's not about flesh and blood. It's about a spiritual battle going on. And everything we talked about today is about fighting that battle in that way. It's not in a physical, hostile, violent way. But it's getting to what matters. That, you know, honor and respect to one another and even the authorities shines the light of Christ. The real enemy is Satan, right? Yeah. The unsaved government leaders, they're just pawns of the devil. That's why we've got to pray for them, pray for their souls, the Bible tells us. We must pray for leaders that God will work in them. And so, as we pray that, you know what? God, if, if God works in them and moves in them, then it's easier for us to submit. So we've got to pray for our government. We've got to pray for kings. We've got to pray for their souls. And you know what? It is possible to affect the authorities. It is possible with your godly living. And I'll close with this story. There's a missionary. Her name is Gladys uh, Aylward. And um, she was a missionary to China. Uh, She uh, uh, took over uh, this ministry 
to travelers, and it was called The Inn of Eight Happiness. It's not like the movie. The movie was six, but the actual name was eight. And Hollywood, if you can ever see that movie, it, it's kind of cool. But it is Hollywood-iced. But she took over this inn, which fed and housed travelers, and they would share Jesus Christ as these Chinese travelers would go in. She also took in orphan children, adopted some for herself. And the thing about it is she held to her beliefs in God, in the scriptures, the preciousness of human life. She even uh, was able to help uh, a prison there that had, were treating the prisoners wrong. Um, she, she, she even, um, uh, uh, even in all of this, she uh, respected the government and, and did what she could. You know what? She eventually, the Chinese people gave her name Ai Weidei, which means uh, virtuous woman. When the threat of the Japanese army came in World War II, Iowa, they led more than 100 children to safety over the mountains. And, and that's what she's kind of famous for, at, at least the Hollywood movie uh, por- portrayed that as kind of the peak thing. But you know what, for me, you know what I'm touched by? I'm, I'm touched by her godliness and her character. So much so, it opened the door for the Mandarin, which is the local magistrate, to offer her a official government position of foot inspector. So she went from village to village to enforce a new law against foot binding. Back then in China, they banned and break the, the feet of, of women to make them more smaller. They thought that was a status and, and it, it was more beautiful. Well, a law went out against it, and the Mandarin didn't want to do it, so he picked her. He trusted her. And this was the Lord. He, even out, he paid her, which she needed money, and, and he allowed her, because she said, I'm not going to do this unless I could share Jesus. He allowed her to share Jesus, and God used that for her to be able to go from village to village to village to share Jesus Christ. I was touched by that. And I was also touched when there was a day the Mandarin came to her and he said this, I have watched you ever since you came, Iowa Day. You love all our people and you work hard for them. I would like to be received into your church and worship the God you worship. And with tears in her eyes, she was able to lead this Mandarin to Jesus Christ. She wrote this about that. Uh, uh, time when the Mandarin came to the Lord. She said, In the midst of all this suffering, my God was still working. After years of sowing the seed, he was allowing me to see it bear fruit in the heart of this honored and powerful representative of old China. Isn't that awesome? So live as a servant of God. And the best way you can is in submission to the authorities. And you know what? That will plant seeds and hopefully we can see a soul come to Jesus. So you see, it's important to honor the government and honor God. Let's pray. Lord, as we bow before you, God, we confess our sins before you and maybe too much being in the flesh when we talk about our government, our president, vice president, 
Maybe we get a little too hostile, hateful, bitter even. We allow the flesh to come in and forgive us for thinking that, well, it's righteous. But it's not. It's not with what we read here today. It's not with what you are calling us to be. Lord, it's about what you want to do your will. It's about honoring you for your sake, God. It's about, Lord, being that witness and testimony and showing the world that we are changed. We're not like them. We're not just another voice of dissension with our our religious beliefs. No, we are believers in Jesus Christ who've been transformed by the power of Jesus through the cross. And we're free now of those things. We're free now to do the right thing, to live honorably. We're free now, actually, to submit as you asked us to do. And so, Lord, we come and everything we are, everything we have, God, we want to be given over to you. We want to give to you and surrender, God. We want to be your servants. And, And Lord, help us, God. Help us clear our consciences, Lord. Um, clear the shelves out, Lord. Make, make new, put new things on the shelves of our moral conscience and help us to know, Lord, what is truly right and wrong. Help us, heal us, and strengthen us. God, as we lay ourselves before you, as we humble ourselves, God, as your servants. In Jesus' name, amen.